Hello and welcome to the Upgrade School Marketing Podcast, the podcast for busy school marketers. I am Matt Soule. I'm the Director of Marketing and Communications at Chapel Hill Chauncey Hall School. And I'm Angie Ward, founder and president of Enroll Media Group, a digital marketing agency for schools. Nice. Hello, Angie. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Matt? I'm good. We uh, were just going through comments. We were getting a lot of people uh, commenting, sending messages on the chat GPT one. That was a big, uh, a big one. Apparently, people wanting to to hear about. So it was really awesome to to record that one. And I really enjoyed listening to it a few times and editing it. So it's great to hear people kind of responding yeah. to that as well. It was a hot topic. I really enjoyed recording it. I have yet to listen to the finished product, but it's on my to-do list this weekend. I got a lot of great comments on it as well. So I'm excited to listen. It's funny to listen to them after record, because I feel like in in recording any of these, like the one we're about to listen to right now, is uh, you're so in it and you're talking and it's you're back and forth. And uh, I feel like I get so much that I didn't remember after by listening to it yeah. and, and editing it and, and doing Same. that. So I really, I really enjoy doing that. Yeah. You yeah, yeah. In the moment. And then afterwards you're like, Oh, that was really cool. I hadn't really noticed. Cause you're so focused yeah. on asking the questions and the time. Um, yeah. You have so to get over it. Was... You have to get over hearing your own voice, which is not easy to do, but, but then yeah. if you can get over that, there's, there's really cool things. So, so many cool guests uh, that have given so many things that are helpful. So, Today, we're talking about website redesigns, which, um, you know, we're just talking with people here about that, like just that phrase alone kind of gives like a, a little shot of fear up yeah. a marketing director's spine of ooh, like, uh, maybe we can, I, <laughs> I think uh, one thing I've heard like myself and, and some other schools talking is you're always trying to stretch. And I think we got another two years before we need to do a re You try to kind of stretch, but yeah. there comes a time when you need to do a website redesign. And that's what we're talking about today. Yes, it is a big undertaking, but every school must go through it at some point. Um, so in this episode, we're going to be talking about tips and uh, best practices for schools who are undergoing a web design, thinking about it. Um, and so we have two great guests today and experts in this realm. Um, I've been fortunate to work with both of these women on shared clients. They've done fantastic work in the website uh, realm. So we're really excited to jump in with them. So who do we have? Uh, we have Tara Clays and Lisa Miller. Yeah. So we have, yeah. So Tara Clays. So Tara is a seasoned website designer and developer with a marketing background going back over 25 years. Her passion for childhood enrichment helps guide a user-focused approach to websites for independent schools and education-focused nonprofits. And as a small agency, Design TLC works one-to-one with small schools and nonprofits who need a professional, performant, user-friendly, and affordable website. Uh, Tara's presented at many conferences and webinars on subjects including SEO, nonprofit website donation software, which we might have a future episode on, uh, mm-hmm. WordPress plugins, productivity, and more. And she's also the co-host of the Mindful School Marketing Podcast, which is a great one to listen to. Yes, I love their podcast. She does a great job with Aubrey Bursch. Um, we also have Lisa Miller, as we mentioned. She is the founder and CEO of Ladybugs Interactive in Boston, Massachusetts. Miller and her talented team found an industry niche serving early growth biotech companies across the country. Lisa is also the founder of the Metro West Women's Network online group, a referral group of over 5,000 women. That's actually how I initially met Lisa a few years ago is through the Metro West Women's Network. Um, her goal is to empower and help local women grow business using the power of each other. Recent accomplishments 
achievements include being featured on the cover of Boston Business Journal's 2020 annual book of lists named Top Women-Owned Agencies to Watch by Agency Vista. And in 22, she was named Top Women-Owned Agencies by Cloudways.com. Lisa regularly contributes thought leadership content locally and to agency publications and podcasts throughout the country. That's great. So let's jump into this, this uh, conversation and see if website redesigns are as, as scary as I have previously thought they are. <laughs> hey, Tara and Lisa, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. How are you doing today? Great. Thanks for having us. Great. We're super excited to talk all about website redesign. And uh, I wanted to just jump into it. So um, so Tara, I wanted to just start by asking you, um, so, you know, we talk about in schools a lot, like redesign versus a refresh. So first off, just, you know, can you tell me when, when a school should know that you are up for a refresh or a redesign and what does that mean? What does a refresh or a redesign mean? That's a great question. That's a really good question to clarify, I think. So a redesign, you know, is, or rebuild, right? Where you're kind of, you're starting from scratch. You're kind of taking your existing site, but I never suggest that you throw away your whole existing site. First of all, Google's indexed it, right? So you don't, you want to make sure that you're keeping track of the content on your site. So I think a rebuild, a redesign, complete start from scratch type of thing isn't actually starting completely from scratch, but from a design standpoint, maybe you are. Um, so that, that should happen. I think when, when it becomes hard to operate on the back end is a good sign that things aren't working right when it becomes just too weighed down with a bunch of junk that's been added or it's too messy on the back end, it's not running properly. If it has out of date um, code and software and doesn't have, if it's not mobile friendly, those types of really important things are time to redesign um, from the bottom up. And then a refresh, and there really is no set time for that, I'd say like five years or more probably. Um, for a refresh, you know, we like to say you should be refreshing your site every quarter or at least twice a year where you're going in and checking your site, updating photos, making sure that all of your staff information, your tuition information, just going through it. Um, I like to say check your site every, like the first or the last day of every month. Just walk through your pages and make sure everything is good. But in terms of a refresh, adding your new photos is it's a key for that um, and updating any out of date content. So, um, and, you know, we use WordPress and I think Lisa does too. And one of the great things about WordPress is that a redesign, like a rebuild actually is not a huge undertaking because you already have the engine of the car. That's, that's the, the content. And you're kind of just putting a new, a new body on that car when you do a redesign. So it's not really all that complicated to do in many, in many uh, instances. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. I like that analogy too. Um, Lisa, I'm curious, in your opinion, what should schools specifically be doing kind of early in the process um, or what research should they be conducting ahead of, say, a website redesign? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, you need to kind of do your research a little bit before you get started. Um, so, you know, basically doing some SEO research, you know, thinking about, okay, what are your, some of your SEO goals, um, looking at your content and reorganizing it, or in some cases, um, we've had people completely blow up their content and we've had to start from ground zero, which is probably the most difficult way to do it. Um, but when somebody's in a transition with their school or something like that, you know, they, they have to do that. In this school's case, they were doing a 75th 
uh, anniversary and they just completely wanted to rebrand, rebrand their messaging, rebrand their architecture. So that's probably among the top of like, you know, difficult um, projects. So and so really thinking about that, really thinking about your architecture, um, thinking about what you're going to probably want on pages. Um, also thinking about what do you want to be able to manage really well, um, like what's not working in terms of management. So just coming in like super prepared around that. Um, and then like depending on the type of process your agency uses, that's how you can sort of choose your agency. So if you are, you know, looking for an agency that's um, more agile, more iterative, um, or if you're looking for an agency that really just sets it up and just builds it for you, there's all different kinds of ways to work. And I think that schools need to, you know, they need to pick a partner that, you know, can guide them along the way, can plan for them. And it really depends on the school because we see different things. We see bigger schools where they have a communications director and a small marketing team. And then we see schools that have one person doing it all. So, you know, depending on who you are and, and what your goals are, your plan is going to be really different. Um, but it is important to plan. It is important to have a timeline in mind um, and, you know, align your expectations with your agency when you are going to be doing a refresh or redesign or rebuild. I guess there's really three different three different levels of it. Um, so that would be my advice there. Got it. That makes sense. And so just as an add-on kind of to that question too, and guess just to both of you, either of you, um, in the early part of the process, like, do you have any exercises or anything you do with schools to assess what they have? Because I, I'm just having flashbacks as you're talking about that To And we did it, you know, we did it on our own. And we, I remember, you know, clearly we, we did post-it notes for every page that we had on our site. And we just took over this giant window and we, we did, and it's like kind of shocking to see how many pages there actually are and how, and it was nice to physically be able to say like, oh, well, this doesn't make sense to be over here. These two can be combined into this or this can go away. Um, so I didn't know if there's anything that you work on with schools in that kind of beginning process as like an exercise to kind of, to go through that. Cause that can be an overwhelming step. I think. We, um, we definitely, we do a crawl of, of, of a site. So we, we use a tool to crawl every page that is indexed on a site. And we put that into a spreadsheet and that way we can then drag rows around. I'm a big spreadsheet person. Um, and then we can also make a visual uh, site map out of that as well. But that helps to see what's there because a lot of times stuff is hidden and you won't see it on the front end, but it actually is exists there or you've forgotten about it or it's in draft mode or those types of things. So we, we, do, we do use um, a process for that. We also do a survey that we send out um, to all, to our contact at the school, whether it's, as Lisa said, whether it's one person or, or, or a whole team of people, maybe there's a board and stakeholders, we send a survey out asking them questions about what's working on their current site and, and what their messaging should be and their branding, just so that they're all aligned so that we're, we're on the same page, literally, uh, when we start the process. That's what we do. How about you, Lisa? Um, so one fun activity that we do like to do with clients is actually clean up their current site first. So like, yeah, the spreadsheet is great and we'll do all of that too. But sometimes if your project's going to take a year, for example, you still are stuck with the website that you have. So a lot of times we'll do an exercise of cleaning that up, doing some moving around and getting that site close to what they want in the future so that 
it will be easier to like move information and do redirects and like make that process simpler. But along the way, we're kind of up leveling what they already have. So that's been an exercise that we've done too, um, which is just kind of interesting. We do that in a lot of different industries. Um, but if you're waiting a year for a website, which in many cases, schools are on that sort of time, longer timeline, it's good to kind of get everything cleaned up, at least fix what they have, you know, for the next registration period or whatever it might be. And then that also gives you a better foundation to work with moving forward and kind of gets their feet wet in terms of like how the process works. That's cool. Yeah. I, like I that. think like even just in the word, you know, you're doing a redesign sometimes in your mind, you think of the, the look and like, oh, it's, I want this and I want a video playing on this. And I think like so much of the problem usually isn't, like, yes, the design is super important, but like it's what's on there. And if you're just rolling yeah. over a big, messy website into a shiny, messy website, that's not ideal either. So um, I think that's really, that's, that's a great way to do that, to kind of work ahead at what you, what you already have to really work on organizing and, and cleaning that up. Um, but on the design side, is there anything, so, um, Lisa, we'll go back to you. Is there anything that you are seeing, you know, design wise, that's either, you know, it's 2023, I know you both have mentioned WordPress, um, but is there anything kind of in, in the design that you're seeing, like be popular with schools or something that you're recommending uh, more often with schools? Um, I wouldn't say there's as much in the trend of design, um, but there's definitely more in the trends of usability and user experience. So, um, you know, we're definitely seeing people who want lighter weight sites, like faster speed, which means kind of less design, like less images, less, and really working with like more of a text-based design. Um, so yeah, accessibility is huge um, in terms of colors, um, you know, meeting some of the WCAG requirements. I mean, it is really hard to get people um, to like the AAA level, but can you um, explain what that means? Sorry, just to, to somebody doesn't know, um, can you explain what that yeah, means? Yeah, that's just the, um, like the Disabilities Act, the USA Disabilities Act, and that's their standards for a website, you know, meeting those requirements of accessibility. So a lot of agencies will use um, plugins, um, but we are certified um, accessibility agency, and two of our designers are certified to get people up to A and double A. So, um, so I think that's really important. And again, um, a plugin can be confusing. It can draw people away. People want like pop-up newsletters and then they want, you know, sign up forms. So the more pop-up stuff you have going on, um, the more confusing it gets. So trying to work with, you know, um, basic rules around um, not just accessibility, but best practices without having to always use plugins to meet those requirements. I mean, I think that's a real challenge for developers and designers. Um, and then people want a lot more information like upfront. So um, they wanna be able to do more things on more pages. So it used to be like, you'd go to a calendar page and somebody would just want their calendar there. Now people want like their calendar page integrated with another page, or they want their blog posts integrated on another content page. Um, and they want to like mix and match. Um, so that is definitely like a huge trend. And, you know, WordPress is very powerful that way, allowing users to, um, do a great job at that. And then the last thing would be like maintenance. And again, this isn't really a design thing. This is more of a usability thing. But I think in the past, 
And a lot of people say negative things about WordPress because you do have to maintain it. But those other platforms are being maintained. They're just not being maintained by your agency. They're being maintained by the software company and you're paying that software company. So, you know, it is important to maintain your WordPress site, your plugins, to always be reviewing your site health. Um, So maintenance and support around maintenance is really, really important. So I would say those are a lot of the trends. And, you know, educators are not they don't want to be flashy and like they really want to have people that come have an experience. And so um, we don't see a lot of people wanting animation and we might see like a little video, but you know, people really want to get down to the grassroots of their messaging and branding and really being able to bring that experience to the top level of the site through a cohesive design. I'll jump in on that too and say that, um, and yet, right, we we do see like the award-winning uh, school websites have a lot going on. They have a lot of video. They have a lot of different directional scrolling, which I object to actually, because I think it, it as Lisa said, it goes against that user experience. But mm-hmm. a lot of times people are tricked by this flashiness and um, and they think it's really cool because it's, you know, they like to show it to their you know their team internally and they think it's really cool but in fact you know I really think that your performance suffers when you do that and your user experience does too so I'll say the trends may in some cases some schools may think the trends are to do more of this kind of flashy big background videos and all this kind of stuff but um but it actually I think it's going to be less popular as Google's requirements for performance accessibility and speed you know become even more important Right. And then it's harder to maintain, right? Because you're constantly looking at, you know, which interactive features are slowing you down and making sure everything has alt text. And, you know, to your point about compliance, Lisa, that is so important. ADA compliance um, is really critical. So it's kind of like the more you have going on, the harder it's going to be to maintain, be compliant with both SEO and ADA compliance. Um, Yeah, so those are really good tips. Thank you, guys. I have a question for you, uh, Tara, and this is kind of a quick one. So actually, both of you should probably answer this. But Tara, in your opinion, um, what is the one thing that a school should absolutely have on their homepage? That's a really hard question. Um, Their their contact information, right? A way, a, a call to action. So how to get in touch with them, um, what the next step is, how to apply that type of thing is you have to have that on your homepage. Um, there's a lot of other things, right? Branding, that kind of thing, but, but yeah, call to action. Call to action. Got it. What about you, Lisa? What do you think? I'm with Tara, like whether it's visit our school, whether it's contact us, whether it's, um, see our count, like it really depends what your goals are with that call to action. Um, but you know, having the phone number and address on every page, is also really important because it's so annoying for anybody to like look up your site and not be able to phone you or email you um, mm-hmm. because let's just face it, half the people going there just want your phone number or your email. So um, at, don't put me on that number. But, you know, when you see it really, you know, you see that most people's bounce rates are above 60% and it's really hard to get them down. That does probably mean people are going there to access that. So mm-hmm. putting that in a place that's super easy for people to see and get, um, I think is completely relevant. Got yeah, it. and there's a dozen Oakwood schools and St. Andrews schools all over. And how do you know if that's the one in your right. backyard? Yeah. And right. how does Google know that too? So Google I was just gonna, 
I was just going to add on to that. Exactly. Contact info and call to action are so critical, but also, yes, like literally where you are, who you serve, what grades and where you're located city and state wise, because there are a lot of schools with similar names. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, so on the design side, so I'm wondering this as like, so I'm, you know, I work director of marketing communications and I work with designers. So I'm interested to, from your side uh, when designing a website with a school, what is it that you want a school to come to the table with? Like what idea do you like to kind of be clean slate and they just, you know, you tell them what they're trying to get across and then you work with them in that. Um, At least Lisa, we can start with you, but, or do you like them to come and say like, here's examples or here, I really like this or like this, like, like if you're to a, you're talking to a school that is working on a redesign, like, what do you want them to come to you with design wise, like an idea wise? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's really important for them to have aspirational websites that they've seen. Um, But a lot of people will come to you with like a half a million dollar website, you know, and be Mm -hmm. like, I want that. Um, so, I mean, I think those are a great guideline. Um, so we work in agile, so that means that we don't always know what we want to do in the beginning. Um, so we'll do some pretty deep discovery in sort of a think tank fashion with a full team on board, a content writer, a designer, a developer, um, and content manager, and we'll sort of help them define what they really want, like before we start building it. So And we go through that process in four sprints. So we're always doing SEO, designing, developing content all at the same time. Um, So for us, that's kind of a unique process, I think, compared to other agencies, because I think we're really helping them discover like what they want. They don't really know what they want and they are relying on us more for that. Yeah, Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And being agile is probably very important, um, especially if the school doesn't always know what they need or maybe they don't know what they don't know up front. So undergoing that process, um, sometimes for the first time, a lot of schools have never gone through that redesign process. So that's that's critical. I think that that matches up too with, you know, I was thinking about it recently, like in marketing, like my favorite things I've done in marketing have always been things that are a challenge, but like the goal is clear to begin with. Like, you know, like I want to get this done and then like, let's figure out how to do it and get creative and figure out how to do this thing. I think it's always more difficult when you're like, Hey, I found this cool app. Let's start using this. And then you're like figuring it out, you know, what to do. So I think that that is good to hear that that kind of matches up, that you you kind of come in with the goal and what you're wanting to do and be critical along the way and creative. But I think that's that matches up with what I've I've seen as well. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit about content because and by content, I actually mean like the the text on the pages and what pages to have on your website. We talked a little bit about that because that really, in, in my experience and working with schools who are going through this process, that can be one of the biggest aspects that sort of holds them back from getting this project done is what pages, what do they say, where do they live? And so if we could be a little bit specific, do you have any particular tips, Tara, for schools who are trying to figure out, okay, what pages do we really need? What pages don't we need? Is are there any tips or tricks for schools going through this? Yeah, you'll probably like this answer, but you know, Google Analytics uh, is the place to start, right? You yeah. need to look at which pages are getting the most traffic and you don't want to throw out a page because you think that it's not something that people you're assuming you want to use data. So you, you really need to look at that. Um, We, a lot of times clients will come and say, Oh, there's just too much content on my website. We just need to cut it, cut it way back. 
And I always say, whoa, you know, wait a minute, let's look at what's working on your site. And if you take all the words off and just, you know, pare it down to minimal amount of text, your Google Analytics are going to suffer for that because Google's not going to find the content that it's been finding there. So we do really advise clients um, in their content to look at the data and see what's performing for their site. And then they can always reorganize it and change the silos and the architecture of those pages. But but making sure and re doing redirects, which is when you take a if you take a page away that you redirect it to something else so that you don't get a 404 error page. So that you know, taking a technical approach to that, um, I think it's it's important. Yeah. Yeah, great tips. Google Analytics is so important. And one of the actual reports I love, in addition to looking at the most popular pages, um, is the internal site search. So what are people mm -hmm. looking for on your website? Because that can be an indicator of you're not um, you know, creating a page that serves their needs, um, or they can't find it as easily. Maybe the page is there, they just can't get to it. Um, so I definitely love pulling the page reports, traffic reports, the page uh, paths, and then that internal site search. Um, definitely. Yeah, that's great. And so we're talking about, you know, the whole process, you're analyzing the beginning, you're building, um, sort of just to kind of to speed to the end a little bit here, but like, so, you know, at the end of a project and you launch a website, um, like what tips do you have? Because I mean, you don't want to just kind of have a, a new site that just kind of, I feel like it just kind of quietly just shows up. Like what tips do you have with schools? Like once the site is launched, like now what? Now what? So Lisa, I think we can start with you, Lisa. What do you, what are your advice after launching the site? Um, so I always tell people to give it a few weeks and like let it settle, make sure it's performing, make sure, because going from dev to live, I, I don't know why, but there's still things that are not exactly the same. I mean, that I have that experience on every project. It doesn't matter if, if it's on my server, on another server. Sometimes the live site has different issues than the development site. So um, it's always nice to let it rest, let it go for a week, make sure everything's working really great, like before you go and launch it. Um, and you can even get some feedback from like a small audience too. It's like, okay, you know, go check it out and get some feedback and see if there's anything you need to fix before a major launch. Um, and we always launch like during times of when, you know, people aren't looking so late at night, early morning. Um, so we really try to organize our launch time around, um, you know, when people are actually on the site. So, um, and just preparing for the launch, like, I know a lot of people are very nervous about it <laughs> and it's got to be like a nerve wracking. I just like went to through, through two launches, like last weekend and everybody was like, it's really not, it's not a big deal. It's going to be great. It's going to work. If you're using what, using a reputable agency, everything's going to go well. And, you know, that's just like another thing is like some agencies are not as technical as other agencies. And, and so I just think when you're hiring an agency to just make sure that you're hiring somebody who's either recommended or has really amazing reviews. Um, Cause I think that really matters um, what other people's experiences are um, that would, you know, really, if you read uh, um, like a review about an agency and another agency, you can kind of compare the experiences and see what experience like really is your, is what you, you want versus just hoping everything's going to go great. <laughs> Got it. 
That's great. Um, so we've been talking about this kind of redesign process for schools. All of these tips um, and advice are valuable for school marketers, regardless of their content management system. So whatever it's built on. But you guys happen to be, you know, building your websites on WordPress, which is one of the most popular uh, content management systems in the world. Um, so let's dive in specifically to WordPress. And Tara, you are one of the... Um, you know, most kind of techiest people I know. I don't even know if that's a word, but you're, you're a very tech savvy person. You have all kinds of little um, apps and plugins that you're always talking about and recommending. So I'd love to kick this question to you. If you're a school building your website on WordPress, in your experience, what are some of your favorite uh, plugins or, you know, different kind of uh, WordPress tools to be using? Yeah, so I've been using WordPress for 13 plus years. Um, and I think that it has a lot to offer and it is, as you mentioned, it's the most popular platform in the world for websites. Um, it is very versatile and you own your data. So it's open source. People can contribute to it. I love to say that if you have a problem that you need to be solved on your website, if you type in to Google, can WordPress do X? Most certainly someone else has solved that problem already and, and it's doable. So, um, I love that versatility and the fact that you own the site and you can change providers easily. You're not locked into anything. Um, in terms of the features that we use, and this changes over time, right? I've been using it a long time. And so some things, there's new, there are new plugins, new software, new things that are added. We currently, for the past many years, have used a page builder, which allows us to build sites um, more affordably and allows clients to edit them more easily it has a lot of neat features that you can add so um, page builders are are very popular and wordpress there's a couple of them that are really really well built um, and they don't really impact your uh your performance at all so those have a lot of things wrapped up in them so that you don't need to add 20 other plugins to make a table to add a slider to do all of these different things so we use page builders. We use a, an SEO plugin um, that's very popular called Yoast, but there are some other great SEO plugins that are tools that help you optimize the content on your page. For schools, um, there's an event plugin that we use, and there are a few of those out there also, but that allows you to publish your open houses or your events if you're not using um, you know, an enrollment management system separately. Um, you can collect RSVPs, you can sell tickets for events if you have, you know, like a speaker series or something like that. So the event and have a calendar and that type of thing. So those are things that we use a lot. And then form plugins are also, we use one called Gravity Forms that works really well and is also very versatile. We've built whole swag stores on sites using Gravity Forms because you can connect it to payment. So um, those are the, some of the the most popular plugins that we use on school websites. And since we mo mainly build websites for schools and education related organizations, um, they do have that in common and that allows us to keep on top of the latest trends. I know the owners and developers of these companies. So, um, you know, we really are on top of what's happening there. And that's the other thing about WordPress is the community is great. So if you're involved in it, um, you can get to know the people who are actually building the things that you're using which is super helpful when you want a feature added or if something's not working right to get to the top of the chain and get things solved quickly. That's so cool. I love that. That's great. So many helpful plugins there. And if somebody, um, so Lisa, well, sorry, we'll let you answer too. your favorite, your favorite uh, WordPress tools, plugins. I mean, I think that Tara answered like most of the standard mm -hmm. plugins. 
Um, you know, there's gravity's forms there. There's other form programs that can do different things. Um, but mostly the ones she named are the most standardly used ones across the board, events calendar, uh, Gra gravity forms, uh, Yoast. So, you know, I think a lot of this is common industry, um, what everybody's using and with page builders also, um, there's a move towards doing more custom, like advanced custom fields, custom built pages that make it a lot easier pe for people to manage. So, you know, um, so some development companies are doing it that way, like doing some ACF and doing some page builders. Uh, so yeah, no, she hit it out of the park. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the custom fields and post types are great for, uh, staff and faculty pages and that type of thing we use that oh, too. Yeah. Um, well, thank you both so much for joining. I just wanted to, just to close it out, where can people um, find more from, you know, from you, your sites, where can they follow you? So uh, Lisa, if you want to start, where can people see more from you? Yeah, no, we're ladybugswithaz.com. So we're pretty easy to find um, and probably most active on, on LinkedIn. So come visit us there and then everything else is, you know, kind of posted there. That's a cute name. We are designtlc.com and also on LinkedIn. And also uh, I have a podcast that I co-host with Aubrey Birch called Mindful School Marketing. And um, Angie's been a guest on that show. You can check that out too. Yes, Thank you both so much. And we'll put that, we'll put links to that up on the, the show notes and we'll also put, um, you know, some design samples too, so people can just see some of the, some of the work you've done. But um, I want to thank you both so much. I think you know, sometimes the redesign process can be a, a scary thing for schools. And I think uh, it's really great to hear like your way, your approach to it and all the tips here. So I think that'd be really helpful for people. So thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thanks for having us both. It's always great to talk with you guys. Thanks again. That was a, a great talk with Tara and Lisa. Um, I love talking website redesign. They did make website redesigns a little less scary. I think, I think I feel better about it coming out of that talk. Um, I think I'm going to have to um, go back you and feel take a bit more notes. prepared, a little bit yeah. more prepared. I think I like, but, I just, it's good to hear the approach to um, preparing for it and starting early and, and getting that. Cause I think that that's the biggest, the biggest thing for, for me mm -hmm. is, is you have so much info and websites do like we used to call it a tumbleweed where it kind of just it grows and grows and grows like mm -hmm. as you're going. Cause there's not always a lot of time to like thoughtfully think of how you can combine everything. Sometimes you're just, we gotta add this, we gotta add this, gotta add this. And when that time does come to look at it as a whole, that can be overwhelming. So it's kind of, it's cool that there are different approaches to kind of, to that, that pre-step of organizing and getting all your stuff ready. I really like hearing that. I definitely learned a lot in that conversation and um, I've worked with each of them on some shared client projects and they both do a fantastic job. Um, and there's a lot of agencies out there, but I think one of the takeaways is shop around, meet um, a few different agencies and get a sense of their process, their style. There's a lot to be asking and hopefully um, this helped prepare our listeners a bit more if they're going through that process. Yeah. And just like the idea of like a light versus a heavy website, I think is something that somebody like me, who's like very design focused and, and thinking that is like good to hear because when you're designing, you know, you might not do a website redesign for, you know, every six or seven, or however long you make it mm -hmm. last. And, you know, I know you're very heavy into like SEO and making it all all friendly for that. And 
you know, that's, I think that that's something that's not talked about a lot is the speed of that site and what the effect that that has. A lot of times you are thinking about the big flashy banner mm-hmm. in this and not really thinking about the effect that it has immediately and over the long term of like what that effect is going to have on your site for look yeah. and for just how it performs. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I'm glad that they brought that up because sometimes the heavy design and those heavy elements can really get in the way of the functionality and the user experience. And you don't want to have a flashy site at the expense of a positive user experience or positive SEO. So definitely a lot to keep in mind there. True. Um, And Angie, before we leave, do you have uh, an A plus of the week of the episode? Yes, the A plus of today's episode um, goes to, speaking of beautiful websites, Louisville Collegiate School. It's louisvillecollegiate.org. Check it out. It's a beautiful website. It was designed by Peapod Design. Um, they also use WordPress. They couldn't make our podcast today. Um, so shout out to them. It's a beautiful website. Check it out. Um, I was really happy to see that website get launched earlier this year. Great. So we'll have a, yeah, we'll have a link to that in the, the show notes on our website upgradeschoolmarketing.com and uh, also you know make sure to follow on LinkedIn that's where we're posting a lot of our um, like snippets of the episodes we're also posting sometimes some infographics on on different lessons learned throughout and um, just to call out you know there's been so many good recommendations of future episodes so here's this is one of our first really in-depth website episodes that we're doing Um, and if there's any other topics that you'd really like to hear about um, reach out to us on LinkedIn and let us know Um, we're really trying to learn as we're going with you and and it's really great to hear some of the suggestions and issues you're having that it would be really great to to dive into so um thank you all so much for listening and we'll see you next time